Hi, I'm Alex Freycon. You're listening to My Therapist and I, a podcast that isn't just about therapy, it is therapy. More specifically, my therapy. Wouldn't you know it, Dr. Steve is out in the world doing Dr. Steve things, which leaves Alex on his own for a solo episode. And uh, in it, I cover a lot of ground, a lot of topics, but mainly focused on this uh, idea of panic attacks, my experiences with them, and then also my journey um, with EMDR. So hope you enjoy. That is all it took. It was just a little bit of muting. Hello, welcome to my therapist and I, except, oh no, there's no therapist. It's just me. It's just I, which uh, probably going to disappoint some of you, but hey, that's kind of what life is, right? Just kidding. Dr. Steve is off doing Dr. Steve things. Um, he's traveling for work, doing some keynote speakings, making the big bucks probably. So I figure that um, we just take this time to do a solo episode um, and check in. So don't worry, I will be quick. But the first thing I do want to talk about is, I know I talked about this in the first couple of episodes, 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 and Dr. Steve got a little uncomfortable and he was like, I don't like this, stop doing it. But like, he's a much bigger deal, which, let me pause. This is probably exactly what he would love me to say, although he claim he would claim that he wouldn't. I feel like this is exactly how like academics and professors are. They're like, I really don't like the attention, but they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Talk about how great I am. Uh, he is he's like really renowned in his field, and we've we're talking about discernment counseling last episode. Um, I looked it up. I'm pretty sure he developed it. It wasn't just him, right? Dr. Steve, you can correct me. I know you're not here, but I feel like you would correct me. But I'm pretty sure it was you and William Doherty. William Doherty being, maybe he was like the head honcho, but you were, he was there. So uh, he started this whole approach, you know, or he was a part of, he developed discernment counseling, which that's pretty cool. So it's my understanding he goes and he talks about that. And anytime, um, anytime he does a keynote, he was telling me, was it he was talking to the U.S. Navy? Like he travels and talks about relationship counseling, discernment counseling across the world and blah, blah, blah. So pretty cool stuff. I commend you, Dr. Steve, for, you know, you're doing equally cool things. You're going around the world talking about this couples therapy uh, approach that you developed. You're also on a podcast, a really cool podcast. So, yeah, equally cool things. Um. While he's out, let's check in with Alex. Um, yeah, things are going fine. I've been really, the uh, last couple of weeks were like a whirlwind, a lot of um, busyness. But I have been talking to a few people about the podcast, and they've sort of been asking questions. If I had been smart, I would have um, done a little like anonymous Q&A thing where you could submit your questions anonymously. But, you know, sometimes I'm stupid. Sometimes I'm dumb. Sometimes I forget to do stuff. Um, so instead, I have some notes here on my notes app, and we're just going to plow through them, and we'll call it a day. Uh, I also was thinking about seasons. I don't, not like nature, but podcasts. 
I don't know if podcasts are supposed to have seasons. We're still in season one. Uh, Anchor, which is what I use to like publish podcasts, um, keeps asking me what season it is. If anyone has any suggestions as to whether or not this should have seasons, um, otherwise we're just gonna this is just gonna be one long season. I was in Los Angeles recently for work, and um, I got to connect with a bunch of friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And I had a really cool lunch with one of them. And we were talking about this podcast. And they shared with me their one experience with therapy. And the reason I bring it up is because this person was like really um, honest and humorous about it. And they were like, I showed up, I sat down, and by the time the therapist said, so what brings you here? They didn't even finish the sentence. I just started crying and I cried for an hour straight. <laughs> and this person told me, straight, you know, we're both laughing um, because they have a great sense of humor and, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that. That's supernatural. Um, that's what I told him. I was like, clearly that's your body's way of saying, hey, I really needed this. Like I had so, I had so much in here. It just had to come out. And I think the person was was telling me a story my friend was equal parts like confused and like um confused as to why their body was doing that like they had no rational reason to be crying and they couldn't stop it was something that they could not control and i think that that is pretty representative of what i've experienced with my like mental health journey is that my mind and my emotions and my body do things sometimes they're like i'm so sick of you alex ignoring us that that's how I look at what stress is. You know, uh, a couple episodes I talked about how, you know, these are much more minor situations, but um, my body will let me know, like, hey, you can't keep doing this. Like, you're going to start getting, I'm going to start making you stressed out. I'm going to keep you from sleeping. I'm going to keep you from eating. You're going to start losing weight. Um, so you're going to have to listen to me eventually, which is kind of an interesting way of thinking about it. It's like, it's your body or your mind or your emo- your soul's way of trying to get your attention. So my friend and I, we talked about all this stuff and it sort of got me thinking about, got me thinking back to why I started this podcast. And it's just a message that I, I keep want to, I want to keep uh, articulating to all of you listeners, to everyone listening. And that is, it's twofold. The first of which is, I think I'm really aware that what I talk about and what I deal with on this podcast and like quote unquote my problems vastly different from everyone else's. And I really hope that um, the takeaway from that isn't comparative. Like, oh, my problems are a lot different than Alex's. Therefore, maybe this doesn't apply. Um, Rather that, you know, any problem is worth going to therapy over or talking to someone about is my personal opinion. And what I want to do with this podcast is present therapy in a way that doesn't seem so intimidating. Okay, I remember my train of thought. I was just stalling for the last like two minutes because I, I couldn't remember my point. When my friend and I were having lunch, my friend said, I, do, I can't go back to therapy because the one time I went, it was just so intense I can't put myself through that again. And I was like, no, I hear you. That would have been intense. That sounded super intense. 
I think back to what Dr. Steve told me, which is the, he used the term module, module, the average person sees a therapist one time. They go once. That's it. Probably for that same reason. It can be really, 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 really intense. And my goal for this podcast is to show that therapy, while it can be intense, it can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be intense. That doesn't mean you ignore whatever problems are going on, but I truly believe that therapy can be beneficial to anyone, everyone. And I'd like to try and portray it in a way that um, maybe is more like a process of baby steps, getting to know someone, sharing about your day-to-day, what you think, what you feel, because I think that's a really uh, easy way of kind of wading into the waters, but also it's really helpful. It's super beneficial, I find. I know a lot of people in my life who on the surface, they look like they're living life, they got a great job, they got a family, um, they look quote-unquote happy, but I also know that you know they have things that they feel like they can't talk to anyone about. And I think that's at the core of what I want this podcast to be about is I feel like every human being knows what it's like to have some to feel like they there's something they can't talk about. I feel like we all carry one thing or two things or three things where we're like I can't talk to people about this because they're going to think I'm weird and I have this image and I, so for me therapy has always been that realm where I can share those things. And yes, a lot of the times they're not heavy. Um, they're silly or, you know, they're s- silly, stupid little Alex problems. And that's okay. I'm totally fine with those judgments um, and stuff. <laughs> and I, I don't want this ever to be comparative. Um, but I think that there are other things too that people have that might feel silly, but they still want to talk about them. And therapy is a great place, a judgment-free place to talk about whatever it is that you feel like you can't talk about. And maybe, you know, after doing it, you find out that you can talk about it. And um, there's other things that you discover you want to talk about and you've been avoiding. And it's just, uh, I think it's one of those things where the more you do it, the more benefits you get. And going out to Los Angeles and having conversations with people about the podcast really just reaffirmed um, my core belief about this idea here. And that is talking about stuff with someone that you, talking about stuff that's important to you, regardless of how other people might perceive it, it's, it's beneficial. It's good to share your human, humanity with others, to borrow a phrase from Dr. Steve. Um, and so that's what I hope Everyone listening takes away from this. Although a lot of you, from what I understand, are already addressing you know, pretty big stuff, and kudos to you. In addition to that, if you're listening, you've always wondered what it is like to see a therapist and you're super, you don't wanna cry for an hour straight? Like, it's okay, e- either is okay. If you cry for an hour straight, that's just look at that as therapeutic. But also, if you just wanna talk about Maybe there's a person at work who's been driving you crazy. I think that's a totally awesome thing to talk to your therapist about. You want to know why? Because, hey, what if through working with your therapist, you build up the courage to approach this person and tell them how you feel 
and from it blossoms a wonderful working friendship relationship. You climb the corporate ladder, you become successful. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like the more you put, the more um, attention you give your thoughts and feelings, to, and the more you put yourself, your authentic self is something I talk about with George a lot, out into the world, uh, the better the world is, and I think therapy is a great way of feeling comfortable with your authentic self. So, that was number one. Um, sorry, that was number one and number two. Look at me go. Another uh, conversation I had um, had to deal with, someone asked me about my history with panic attacks, and I think the really like direct question was, how did you manage them? When did they go away? How did you like keep them from, how did you get them to stop? Which, uh, they just sort of, to answer that question, as I told my friend, they just sort of stopped on their own. I don't know what caused them to stop. I think I became slowly more comfortable with uh, the fear that was sort of driving the panic attacks. And I don't know if that's one of those old adages, time heals all wounds or whatever. Um, but we were discussing the idea of panic attacks and like how they come to be. And I think when he asked me, how do you control them? I remember just saying, you, you, I never could stop them. To me, panic attacks were always, um, it was a fear that I had, a what if. And the what if would just get out of control and it would consume me and I would begin to panic. And so, as I told my friend, I think at the core of like panic attacks is just a singular fear. Whether, in my case, it was a fear of dying, but I think more specifically, I was afraid of being alone and being so isolated and thinking I'm dying alone, right? Where it's like, I just want someone to, I wish someone would have been there to be like, hey, you're okay, you're safe. Instead, the loop was, you're dying. You're going to die alone. You're going to fall over. No one's going to be here to resuscitate you. This is it. Say goodbye. And super scary. Very scary. And that was the loop. And when I was going through that loop, it was never like, okay, I'll talk myself down. As I got older, I realized like, oh, this is happening. I can't stop it. I can acknowledge that it's existent, you know, acknowledging that it's here and just sort of ride this wave and ride it out, which is much easier said than done. Long story short, um, I look at pan panic attacks as kind of like a hurricane. Um, it's just one of those things that's got to pass and there's going to be waves of it. You know, you might reach the eye, the center where you think you're fine and then boom, it hits you again. But ultimately, um, it goes away. And more importantly, for me, the work was talking about that fear. Anytime I could talk about to someone about the, the worst thing that was going on in my head and really articulated to someone, that made me feel better. And I think talking about that is uh, what allowed my brain to relax a little bit because the more I talked about it, maybe the less afraid of it I got. So if anyone out there is experiencing panic attacks, that was my um, journey with them was just sort of like working to identify like, okay, hey, what am I really afraid of? What's 
the thing that I think is going to happen that scares me more than anything else in this world. And sort of like working through that with a therapist. Um, like Dr. Steve. I wrote this down. I don't know. God, this is, weird. this is why I need Dr. Steve to like wrangle me. But I don't get, I can't remember the last time I had a panic attack. Honestly, that was a question my friend had. It was, it was the last time you had one. And I can't remember. I get anxious to this day. There'll be times where I can feel it. You know, I, I, I feel the, it's just like a familiar feeling, right? Um, it's kind of like, oh, I remember you. It never like completely takes over, but maybe sometimes I'll start pacing or something like that. Um, but I was thinking on my drive home, it's like an interesting social experiment. Probably the last time I had a panic attack was when I got really high. Smoking weed for whatever reason would like, I'm sure people uh, listening could relate to this. Like you, you, we talked about this on the podcast, tripping balls, man. Um, but getting really high would always like was a surefire way of me going into this throw of anxiety. So I was thinking how funny of a social experiment it would be for me to sit here with Dr. Steve and get really, really high and then have a panic attack and him observe. But that probably sounds a lot uh, worse as I say it out loud than it does in my head um, because it's no fun to have a panic attack. So why would I bring that up on myself? But I was, the reason I talk about this now is because I was asking myself, well, okay, what was the root cause when I did have those panic attacks or those moments when I was under the influence of um, THC and um, Delta 9 or, you know, Omega CBD, uh, whatever it is. And for me personally, again, it was a singular fear. I did not like being out of control. I did not like the fact that I could not control how I felt, that there was this substance that was causing my brain to you know, think differently and focus on things. And I just didn't like being in control and the feeling of out of being out of control, my own control, my own, you know, capacity of um, being in my facilities. How do you say that? Being in control of my facilities. That was so unsettling that would, it would, that's what would trigger my panic. So, you know, if I like, I guess my mastery brain as Dr. Steve would call it, if it wanted to handle that, it would say, okay, let's do some therapy work on, you know, I want to be more comfortable when I'm high as balls. So I want to, I want to come to terms with this fear of being out of control. And I want to be more comfortable with just going with the flow. I think that's something that I really struggle with is this idea that there's nothing that I can do and I just have to kind of succumb to the present, to the situation at hand. And just because it's different doesn't mean that it's bad. And just because it's different doesn't mean like it'll be like this forever. It has its beginning. It has its middle. It will have its end. Trust that everything will be okay. Ride the wave out. I've never been that um, type of person. That's why I take uh, Prozac. So it helps me kind of, I think, be more accepting. It probably honestly speaks to some of the themes Dr. Steve and I talk about in terms of acceptance and mastery and all that stuff. Um, and... Yeah, so I don't think I'll do that. I don't think Dr. Steve would like if if we did. Uh, 
I've never gone to therapy high in my life, I don't think. I don't think I ever have, which you might be like, wow, cool, good. That's a really big accomplishment, but meh. You know, I went to, been going to therapy for um, 16 years. And, you know, through college. And I went to Madison, Wisconsin. So I feel like there's a little bit of credit there. Um, I had another EMDR session, which was, it's just intake at this point. They have to get to know you. My EMDR lady wants to get to know me before she gives me the buzzies. Um, but we were talking, focusing a lot of my childhood upbringing, just a lot of questions about my parents. And, um, I find that aspect of therapy to be inevitably kind of funny which is, is that long-standing stereotype that a therapist you show up say hey here are my problems and they go oh yep blame your parents okay where's my 200 dollars?" and dr steve i think kind of agrees and he's uh really easy on my parents which you know that's why they love him they love dr steve because he's like well you know it's not always the parents act which i agree but also, like, <laughs> um, we learn it from somewhere. It's not always the TV and the video games and the music. Um, so my EMDR lady said something interesting, which was, she was like, hey, as we go through this work, a side effect that some people, she asked me if I was close with my family. I said, yeah, I'm very close with them. She's like, just so you know, and just so you don't um, get caught off guard by this, there's a possibility that you might want to feel like distancing yourself from your family after doing a few of these as thoughts and memories kick up. I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, that warning. And I, I, I get what, what she's saying. And I also get what Dr. Steve was saying, which is, you know, it's not always your parents' fault. I think both of those things are true. I think it's sometimes, you know, you learn things from your parents that, or you pick up some of their problems and then, other times too, uh, it's on you to sort of have conversations about them with things that bother you. The reason I bring this up is because uh, I had a great conversation with my dad <laughs> and he was in the airport and he gets really, really anxious when he travels. Don't know why, it's always been that way. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like if everything has to be in exact order the itinerary can't be a minute off. The second you're a minute late, it throws everything off. He just kind of slowly will lose it. But anyway, he's telling me he had like a, sort of had like a meltdown at the TSA line because he thought someone had, he couldn't find his luggage. He thought someone had stolen his luggage. And uh, so he, he called like the TSA people. He's like, someone stole my luggage. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He had just left it on the security conveyor belt, just forgot that he had left it there. He had thought he had brought it with him. Nope, it was just chilling there. And as he was telling me this story, I started to get anxious. That's why I'm talking about it. And while working with my EMDR lady, I think <laughs> it was always, it's really tough to be around people who are so anxious all of the time because you just sort of sponge it up. And I think that's one thing that I've struggled with is just being around 
I was around a lot of anxiety. And it wasn't just like, oh, where's my bag? It, it would be, you know, something like, get the security. Somebody stole my bag. And, you know, everyone would be looking around like, oh, my God, is there, you know, what's wrong? Like, oh, something's wrong. Like, nope, just the bags are right there. They were there the whole time. So I think like that, that constant, it just left you being like, um, you were always ready for something really emotionally intense to happen. You just were always on guard because at any given moment, there could just be this huge swing in emotion from zero to like, uh, not even a hundred, zero to a thousand miles an hour. At any given point, you had to be ready. It's like sitting on those roller coasters where it's like, okay, we're chilling, we're chilling, we're chilling. Oh my God, we're going a hundred miles an hour. That's sort of what it was like as a kid. And I think with years and years and years of that, you just sort of are like, constantly looking looking for stability and like stable ground and i'm curious to see how my emdr work uh picks up on that or what we go through and you know yada 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 and i told my dad i was like you know you should get a prescription for when you travel just some benzos or something and he was like what no i do not like this which is a shame because I think they would really help him. I wish he could just experience like just tr- chillness, like tranquility for like, I wish he could have a week where he didn't have a single worry just so he could experience that and have something to compare it to. Because I have a pretty good feeling every day of his life has just been anxiety, which is a lot to deal with. That's everything on my list, which I think is for the best because um, these Dr. Steve-less episodes, you never really know how they're going to go. Um, for everyone wondering, my Hands of Time cup, which I had talked about, Dr. Steve, went very well. It was awesome. Uh, we raised over $10,000 for the Hendrickson Foundation. Uh, the Hendrickson Foundation provides financial support to hockey programs for um, people who want to play that have disabilities, whether physical or sort of like emotional trauma. They work with veterans hockey programs, you know, players suffering from PTSD. They support blind hockey, special hockey, sled hockey. So we raised ten grand for them, and uh, we played at a rink, and I think like 400 people showed up. And I had someone sing the national anthem. We had a celebrity puck drop. Check. Oh, it was awesome. It was really cool. But I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And, uh, yeah. The silence. That particular pause was for Dr. Steve's daughter, who hates silence, if I recall correctly. She was chirping us because we had awkward silence in our episodes so that goes out to her uh i'm gonna wrap this one up so in conclusion um i think everyone should look at therapy as intense or as not intense as they want it to be doesn't have to be intense but it can be it's your call take your little floaties if you need them step on into the pool hang out in the you know hang out do some doggy paddles and then if you're ready take the floaties off and go a little bit further in but i think it's really good for everyone to get in the pool that's just my two cents 
Okay, well, see you. Ah, I don't know. I That is what I wanted to bring up. Dr. Steve's schedule is really uh, crazy the next couple of weeks. So there is a chance that we take a break. And I want to give you listeners a heads up. There's a chance we go a week without an episode. If that occurs, don't worry. Everything's fine. Um, it most likely will be that uh, next week, if it happens, there won't be an episode. Um, but we'll be back. Uh, regular scheduled programming soon thereafter. So thanks for listening. Um, if you do have any questions at any time, please start sending them in because I have a feeling these uh, solo things are going to happen more and more. And I need fodder, I need ammo, I need go-tos. Okay, as always, stay happy, everyone. All right, bye.